0: Amen. It's going to be home. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Say amen. Amen. That's going to change in about 30 minutes. All right. So get ready. Two people this morning said, now don't preach long. Okay. I said, well, short and sweet. I said, it'll be sweet. I don't know how short it'll be, but I'll do my very best. I've had a little experience and I'll try to do that. Now don't start running the clock yet because I want to give you a little rerun of what's happened this year while we've been gone. I was gone from home uh, a little over 80 days uh, this year, traveling. I was away from Ruthie for 80 days. So uh, a lot of travel. I was out almost every weekend. I think I had four Sundays that I didn't preach somewhere. Uh, In those times, I went to some other churches in the area just to get preached to and to try and be a blessing. Um, So it was a lot of travel. This year is probably going to be the same or a little bit more. And I'm glad for that because when I'm out traveling, I'm raising money for Bearing Precious Seed Canada. We had a man down in West Virginia who heard about what we were doing, excited about what we were doing, and he offered a challenge. He said, I will match up to $100,000, US in whatever you can raise of $100,000 whether it be Canadian or US. So we've been working hard at that, uh, praying about that, talking about that, videos about that and I want to tell you that we are going to very easily not only match $100,000, we're probably going to surpass $100,000. Burying Precious Sea Canada will receive over $200,000 from that one gift and all God's people said amen because that means we're going to produce and male John and Romans. We have about a million to go here in Ontario, and we'll be done with this province, our largest province, and then we'll move on from there. And then I'm going to tell you something today. I'm going, to, I'm going to count my chickens before they hatch a little bit. I told you a few months ago that we have something very big that's going to happen in the new year, very big. Well, I want to tell you that there's an organization in Toronto, a religious organization, that has folded, sadly. they just The leadership just got older and couldn't carry on, and there was nobody to take on the the cause, and so they contacted us and they said we would like to do something for Bearing Precious Seed Canada. Their ministry was similar to ours in that they were uh, having Bibles printed, they were giving Bibles away, that kind of thing, kind of a Gideon almost type organization. And they said uh, we're gonna we're gonna close, and we want to help Bearing Precious Seed Canada. And I said that would be awesome. This came through a meeting that I had with a gentleman a number of months ago that. Uh, We became friends, began talking, and uh, he said, I'm excited about what you're doing. They have a building in Toronto right by the airport. It's a warehouse. And they said, we're going to sell that warehouse, and we're going to take the monies that we have in the bank, and we're going to divide those between two organizations. We'd like to split it 60-40. 60% of that going to Burying Precious Seed Canada. They sold the warehouse for a half million dollars. That's right. With the money in hand and the splitting of that after the cost of legal fees and they have to do some accounting and different things like that, it, it could very conceivably be that we'll receive around another $200,000, $250,000 next year to continue on and that will take care of almost all of the, the uh, uh, preparation and mailing of those million John Romans that we need for, Can- or for Ontario. So great things are happening by way of bearing precious seed. My wife said to me this morning, have you in this year had any moment when you thought, uh-oh, I shouldn't have done what I did every day of my life? No, I, I said, I can be honest with you and tell you this, I am right where the Lord wants me to be. And I believe our church is right where God wants us to be. And I'm so glad that we have a young pastor that's doing a great job. That first year is, is a good time. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a good time. Because everybody's excited, we have a younger man, good things are happening. And I told Brother Yomas this, don't change anything for the first year take take some wisdom from an old man don't make a lot of changes don't make drastic changes a few things but don't change things a lot and some of you are waiting for him to make some changes I know I said wait for that first year turn the ship slowly then you can start making those changes you come to the vision to find night that he's going to have his vision night in these next few nights and listen to what he's proposing for our church I think he's going to implement some great things and uh, I hope that you'll follow his leadership and continue to pray for him he's a young man and he's going to learn by experience like I did. And some of you come and you think, well, pastor did this and pastor did that. I had 30 years to practice. Some of you weren't there in those early days. Clarks were there. They, they will tell you in the early days, it wasn't so good. The kid didn't know what he was doing sometimes, but we made it through. How many of you here by your raised hand have been here 20 years or more? Would you raise your hand? God bless you. I want to congratulate you because this is a big part of the number that helped to not only secure the monies to buy this building or build this building and and to buy the property at Bering Seed and build that building. Uh, They had a big part in helping to pay that down. And I'm so excited that we're going to pay our mortgage off. That's going to be such a burden lifted for our church and for our leadership and uh, allow us to do some greater things. So thank you for that. And then for those of you who've come along in the last few years, a lot of our younger people, Uh, sometimes we think that it's the seniors that carry the weight of the church I have to tell you that our young people have picked up much of the weight financially of our church they've got good jobs and they're tithing and and they're excited about the future and I'm so glad that our church has been able to meld those two people groups together and to work together and to see great things happen please continue to do that I beg of you so God bless you it's good to be home I promise myself I won't do any crying today I've I've, I've made it through the first stint, so we're doing good. I think I can make it the rest of the way. But I will tell you this, the greatest hardship of being on the road and not being here is I miss you. I miss you desperately. I miss my wife and family most, but man, I miss coming to church here. So the year is over. I started the year, and I'm closing out the year. And then when I'm home now for this next year, I'll be here at Bible Baptist Church, and I'll look forward to seeing you, and I hope that you'll look forward to seeing me as well. God bless you. Father, thank you for this great church. These people have been such a blessing to me and to this community and to our country. And God, I pray greater things, greater things, as Elijah saw in Elisha, greater things. And Father, I pray that the truth would stand strong here for many many years. Bless bearing Precious Sea Canada. It's my heartbeat. God, I love it. And I pray that you continue to do great things. We need almost $3 million to finish this country. And then we'll try another one. And God will need your supply in all of that. Thank you for these great folks today. I pray that you prepare your hearts and bless them now. In Jesus' name, amen. It's 1101. You can start the clock right now. (laughs) Credit card companies and businesses have tried to drum up more business over the last few years by offering rewards. Do you have that? Do you have that this morning? There you go. Excellent. For using uh, your credit card or for buying something from their business. We have some examples. Visa, MasterCard, Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons. All of these have rewards programs attached to them. How many of you have the Tim Hortons reward card? Amen. That's the most important one. <laughs> Visa's, air miles, no good. Canadian Tire Triangle, only Blair really loves them. He buys more stuff in Canadian Tire with points than anybody I know. I have the Tim Hortons card. That's a must. I have it on my phone. I have a card. And I have a U.S. card because they won't take the Canadian card in the States. Blasphemous. So I have a U.S. card too. Uh, it's not much, but every seventh one you get a coffee. That's, that's good. I like that. That's awesome. They never used to do that. And so there's a reward attached to that. We all like rewards for doing something, don't we? It's part of our system. It's part of who we are and what we do. We 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 want to be rewarded. When our children do well, we reward them. We give them something to let them know you did the right thing. And so we enjoy that. It's prevalent thought today by some that we should even reward people for doing nothing. Do nothing, you get a reward. Just show up, and you get a reward. There are some that believe that you should be rewarded for failing. You didn't win, but you're still going to get a prize. You're still going to get something because you participated, even though you lost. We've got some that believe that you should be rewarded for doing wrong, for doing something maybe even illegal. There should be a reward for that. We're not going to penalize you. We're not going to to bring a, a judgment upon you like we used to because we've been too harsh in the past, so we're going to change that. How do people see, or not see, I should say, what a hurt that brings to a person rather than a help? Sadly, much of Christianity has bought into that same idea. Because I'm a Christian, I should be rewarded. Because I go to church once in a while, I should be rewarded. Because I read my Bible once in a while, I should be rewarded. And I should be rewarded even if I don't do those things. God should be continuing to bless me. God should be continuing to pour out upon me his blessing just because I show up. That's not how God works. And that's not a good system, whether it be in the church or in the world either. A great reward program started long before Visa and Canadian Tire or Tim Hortons. It started with God in the Garden of Eden He said, don't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you will live, now listen, forever. Forever. We can't imagine that. We can't imagine that. As a kid, I used to hear people that were 70, 80, 90 years of age, they say, you know what, I just want to die. I just want to go home and be with the Lord. And I think as a kid, why would anybody say that? Why would anybody want to do that? Don't they want to live life? Look how great life is. And then I turned 50. (laughs) And you wake up in the morning and you get to get out of bed and it's, oh, or oh, brother Jim's here this morning. He hasn't been feeling well. He's still not feeling 100%. And he said, pastor, I'd give you a hug, but I'm not feeling good. I said, you can hug me. I'll disinfect later. And then he said this, getting old ain't for wimps. (laughs) It's hard when you get older. It's tough, and the older you get, the harder it becomes. And you get to a place in your life where you begin to outlive your friends and your family sometimes. And so that getting old doesn't seem very good anymore. But there was a time when God said, if you'll do right, you will live forever. Could you imagine if you never died in this life? You just kept living? I always wondered this. When Methuselah was 800 years old, was it like he was 80 years old or like he was 8 years old? You ever wonder that? When those people lived to be six, 700 years of age before the flood, how did, how did they react? Could they still do the things that they did when they were younger? I don't know. But I know this, life changed. Because Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And they ruined the reward program that God had in place for mankind. God tore up that reward card. He said that one's not available anymore. And sadly, it disallowed all of us who follow after Adam and Eve because of the sin nature that we're born with. Every one of us, we have one of the greatest joys in our life, little Harrison, our grandson. You've seen him. He's the rotten one that runs around the auditorium. <laughs> I was here last week. There were some boys here in the auditorium that were throwing a football. And uh, one of the boys got ready to throw it. I said, hey, put that football down. I said, the old grouchy man's back. Put that football away. You're not doing that. I got after my grandson. The there said, hey, we're not running to church. I- I'm an old guy. I-, I just say, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. But man, he's a joy in our life. He runs all over our house. He has free reign in our house. He comes over. The pots and pans are everywhere. The toys are everywhere. The food's everywhere. And, and when my kids were young and did that, I'd say, hey, you guys clean that up. And you guys don't do that. And now it's just whatever you want to do. It's free reign. And I do that because grandma makes me. That's why. Our grandson, as much as I love him, has a sin nature. He's getting to the age where he's starting to disobey. He's at that age where you say, Harrison, don't do that. And he'll look at you and he'll reach his hand out to do it. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I don't have to do anything about that. That's great. We have a sin nature. You have a sin nature. Do you know that today? I think we all do. There is within you the desire to do wrong. We hate it, we don't like it. Even after we're saved, we still have it. And it's because Adam and Eve disavowed the reward program of God. He said, just don't eat of that tree and live forever. But God in his graciousness provided a way of escape and with it comes a new hope of reward. He said, I'm gonna start a new reward program for you. But with reward comes requirements. Let me show you. The Lord's reward program. Go with me to Psalm 18, if you haven't already turned there. Psalm 18, verses 20 to 25. Psalm 18, verses 20 to 25. This is a great passage. Psalm 18, 20 says, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me, for I have kept the way of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity." Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me, or rewarded me, according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. David lists two conditions and five qualifications that explain the Lord's reward program for us. Today, I want you to have the reward of the Lord. I want you to have every single good thing that God has in store for those who will faithfully follow him. I want you today to know that God loves you and God wants to reward you. God wants to give you those good things. We just came through Christmas, and that's a time when all of us want to reward those that we love. We've we've bought some gifts. We've gone out and taken some time and figured what is it that they would like or what is it that they would need. And we're going to get that for them and reward them because we love them. To me, the giving of gifts at Christmas is one of the greatest illustrations of God's love for us. He said, I love you, therefore I'm going to give to you the greatest thing that I can give to you. I'm going to give myself to you in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh. I'm going to come and I'm going to dwell among you. Can you imagine that when you think of the greatness of God, that he'd come and dwell among us? And so Jesus comes, he gives that gift for God so loved the world. Say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The old reward program got messed up. Adam and Eve messed it up. So we're gonna start a new one, and this is the reward. If you will know Jesus Christ as your savior, if you will call upon him to save your soul, I'm going to give you the rewards of heaven. Isn't that awesome. Is that awesome? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There are many times that I, I've thought in my life, there's no way God could reward me. There's no way. I messed up. I, I got off track. I, I got sidelined. I got discouraged. I got weighed down by the things of this world. There's not a person in this 20 this morning that hasn't at some time thought, and, and if you haven't, there's probably something wrong. You haven't thought, how in the world could God ever continue to reward me? How could he do it? I've missed church. I haven't read his word. I haven't prayed. I haven't witnessed. I haven't given. I haven't put my hand to the task. How could God reward me? Well, I want to tell you, there's some truth to that. God cannot reward disobedience. He never does that. Would you say this with me? God never rewards disobedience. Would you say that? God never rewards disobedience. Never. When you're disobedient, you're not going to know the blessing of the Lord. And I know people have said this. Well, I saw so-and-so, and they're not going to church, and, and, and they're not living for the Lord, and it seems like God's blessing them. No, he's not. No, he's not. That's not a blessing of the Lord. Well, they got a new house, and they got a new car, and they got a new job, and everything seems to be great. Can I tell you that, that sometimes that's the reward program of the devil to keep you away from Christianity, to keep you away from getting the blessings of the Lord. You see, the blessings of the Lord are not the things that are here on this earth. It's not the material goods of this earth. He said, I'm laying up treasures where? In heaven. That's where your treasure is. That's what you want to be looking forward to. That's where you want to put your stuff. Not here. The car is going to break down. The house is going to get old and rickety. The clothes are going to fade away. But the reward that I've got for you is eternal. I want to show you, first of all, that the Lord's reward is according to our righteousness to our righteousness. You hear that? Now, Now we have to stop for a minute because the Bible says there is none righteous, no not one in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Yes or no? Come on, yes or no? None righteous. There's not a righteous person in this auditorium. I don't care who you are. I look across this, I see some very godly people. I see some people that love the Lord, love the word of God, love to pray, love to go to church. And I have to tell you, the Bible would say that they're not righteous. So how does this verse then, given by David, qualify? How, how can we not say that the Bible has an error in it? In one part it says there is none righteous, yet David here in the Old Testament says, by our righteousness, God rewards us according to our righteousness. Now here it is, in and of ourselves, there is not one bit of righteousness to be found in us. Why? Sin nature. Because we're sinners, because we disobey God. So there's no righteousness there. But we, like David, can make that claim in the same token as according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. And here's what it says. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So how does that work? How can there not be one righteous in the New Testament, Romans chapter 3, but in the Old Testament we hear about men who are counted righteousness? It's because when we have faith and we put it in God and we do his work, his way, by his will and his word, we are then counted right or righteous. Right in the sight of God is a great definition for righteousness. Right in the sight of God. We we might not be completely right because of our sin, but we are right in the sight of God in that manner, in that time, in that work. And so we see that Abel was righteous or right in the sight of God because he offered by faith. He did what God told him to do. In an act of his submission to God and his repentance of sin offered a great sacrifice, the sacrifice that God called for. And in doing that, God is able then to tell us that whatever sacrifice you offer and some people try to offer good works and some people try to offer a life in a church and people try to offer giving money to the poor. Those are the offerings we're going we're gonna to give and God says no that doesn't count that's not going to give you righteousness what righteousness is is when you put your faith and trust in the right sacrifice of God and that's the Lord Jesus Christ every time you see that lamb sacrifice in the old testament it pictures Christ it pictures Christ it pictures Christ, it pictures Christ. and the very first sacrifice that's given is by this this son of Adam and Eve who saw and knew his parents had messed up he said I'm going to do it right and God said for that I'm going to count you righteous And God gives to us an even greater claim. Would you go to Romans chapter 5 with me? Romans chapter 5. Show you from the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, turn over there. Let me show you this. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 21 that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, now here it is, by, say those last four words with me, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the rewards of God of eternal life, and we are righteous in the sight of God because of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's Christ that brings our righteousness. It's not us, there's nothing of us, but when you put yourself in Jesus Christ, I used to use that example. I had a glass up here, and um, uh, I said that it's kind of like this. The glass is, is Jesus Christ. And if I put myself in that glass, if I could put myself in that glass, you wouldn't see me, you'd see Jesus Christ. When we get saved, God looks at us different. He doesn't see us, and he doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus Christ because we are in Christ, the Bible says. So when he sees us, he sees us in that state of righteousness, and therefore is able to reward us because of our faith in Christ. We are in our righteousness in Jesus Christ. And God's reward for simply trusting by faith in Christ as Savior is having a sin debt forgiven and the hope of eternal life. But the rewards don't stop there. That should be enough. That that, that ought to be enough. And for many it is. I'm saved and I get to go to heaven. And many people stop there. Sadly. I have a rewards card for Tim Hortons. If I go there once, I get a reward. And I could stop there and say, I got a reward at Tim Hortons. But that's not enough. Because you have to go seven times. And then you get a free coffee. And many of us will visit two, three times a day trying to get that free coffee. You know what the saddest part of the whole thing is? Now, I have it on my phone and it tells me, but when I just had the little card, they don't always tell you how many rewards you have. And many times when I got to the free reward, I should have ordered an extra large coffee. And I messed it up And I ordered the, regu- regu- the regular uh, medium coffee. I messed up. And some of us are like that in our Christian life. We're doing enough to get a reward, but we fail to understand that there's more rewards available. And that the big reward is coming one day. Well, I'll tell you, I, I love, I love talking to folks and sitting with folks. And here's what I hear from folks sometimes. You know, preacher, the Christian life is good, but it's hard. And sometimes I just don't feel like I can, I can make it another day. And sometimes I just feel like I, I can't be enough and I can't do enough. And I go to church and I, and I feel almost worse than when I went because I feel like you know I just can't measure up. Can I tell you something today? Loving Jesus Christ is really enough reward because he loves us back. When you come to church and the devil starts to play with you and tell you you're not good enough, can I tell you that we have a reward program? And can I tell you that God wants you to be rewarded in that program? And he says, I've got some qualifications for you. Here are the two qualifications. He said, the Lord's reward of faithfulness is this, I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have kept the ways of the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, are you keeping the ways of the Lord? I think you are. You're here this morning. If you read your Bible this week, you kept the ways of the Lord. If you prayed this week, you kept the ways of the Lord. Here's a thought that that we just talked about the other day. Think about this. David, good man or bad? Christian man or not? Faithful man or not? He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He was, he was, for a time in his life, what seemed to be a very wicked man. Yet we still today hold David up in esteem. King David, king of Israel, marked in the, in the New Testament as a great godly man. Let me ask you this, Samson, good man or bad? Good man. Judge of Israel. Brought down the pillars. But in his life, there was great sin. In his life, there was great trouble. We go through the characters of the Bible. We get to the New Testament. We think, Peter, good man or bad? Good man, preacher, brought the gospel to the to the Gentile or to the uh, Israeli nation, to the Jewish people. One of the greatest preachers of all time. But yet, in a time of his life, he denied Jesus Christ. He denied even being a part of Him or knowing Him. And yet, God counted him worthy to be restored into the reward program. How did those guys do it? Well, in part, though they sinned, they kept the ways of the Lord. They they, they made the transformation from sinner to repenter to restored in the things of the Lord. Here's the great thing about God. God is in the restoration business. You ever see those old cars? Brother Bruce has got an old truck and and, uh, Brother Stevenson's got an old truck and they've restored those vehicles. They've taken them, they were, they were busted up, they were rusty, they needed to work, and they worked hard, and they, they got it done, they painted it and, and it, and it rolls on you, think, man, that looks like a brand new vehicle, it's been restored, God's in the restoration business. Some of you today are thinking, you know what, God could never use me, I messed up, I, I'm living in sin right now, God couldn't use me, I messed up. Uh, some of you are thinking, I did something pretty heinous years ago, God's in the restoration business, he takes that old vehicle, and, and he buffs out the, the rough spots, and he fills in the voids, and, and he gives it a new paint job. And we can be that restored vehicle of God. Because God wants to reward us. God wants to bless us. He says this, here's the other qualification. Have, I have not wickedly departed from my God. And This is one of the things as a pastor that really, it hurts, man. I'll be honest with you. When someone gets saved, and they get baptized, and they get discipled, And they start working on the bus or the Sunday school program, and they start playing the piano, and they do those things. And then all of a sudden, there comes a time where they begin to wane from that, and they start missing a little bit, and they start having some problems, and they get to where they're not here. As a pastor, I want to tell you, I've already taken attendance today. I haven't been here for a year, and I've already taken attendance today to see who's here and who's not. And there's some people that I would say, you know what? They're not here. They should be here. They know the Lord. They, they've been saved. They, they, they've made a commitment. We heard their testimony. I, I remember some guys that stood in our pulpit and said, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a preacher. I remember some girls that said, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be faithful to him, and they're not here. But yet, many times they expect the Lord to bless that. The Lord does not reward what? Disobedience. He doesn't reward that. David said, I kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. The Bible says, draw nigh unto the Lord and he will draw nigh unto you. And here's what happens we draw nigh to the Lord and he draws nigh to us. And we draw nigh to the Lord and he draws nigh to us. And he walks with us. And here's what happens. The Lord never leaves. He stays right there. But here's what we do. Well, my old friends, my old lifestyle, the old comforts of life, not as many restraints, not as much conviction. And now I'm back here, and we wickedly depart from the Lord. David said, don't do that. Don't do that. As tough as it seems, as hard as it is, as frustrating as it can be, stay with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. And His reward will be there in time. It's not uncommon to hear people say things like this. God never really answers my prayers. I pray and He doesn't answer. I've heard people say, I see God rewarding others, but He doesn't seem to reward me. I've heard people say, I tried religion. I tried church. And I tried Christianity, but nothing happened. I've heard people say, I just don't seem to get anything from preaching and church. Well, can I tell you this? I'd have to ask, did you keep the ways of the Lord? Did you keep the ways of the Lord? And have you kept from wickedly departing from God? Could it be that God's not hearing your prayer? Could it be that God's not reward or that God's rewarding others and not you? Could it be that, that that religion and church and Christianity don't have an impact because you have left the ways of the Lord or departed from him? I can tell you that from experience, that's most times what happens. I was here. I was on fire. I was serving God. Things were good and something happened and I got discouraged and I got upset and I got beaten down and I wondered where God was and I am now so far away that his rewards are not available to me. With the sincere life of Christianity comes the reward of peace. Listen to me now. (laughs) As I travel now and And I love it. I'm meeting so many good people. I was out in uh, Calgary, Alberta, preaching. And a family just happened to be in the service. They were just passing through. They were on on the way to British Columbia. And the gentleman said, well, we don't travel on Sundays. That's the Lord's Day. We take that day. We don't travel. We go to church and we just rest. And I thought, that's awesome. Came to the service. I met him one time. And I talked about Bearing Precious Seed, talked about what we were doing. And he called me about two weeks ago, and he said, Hey, tell me about that Bearing Precious Seed program. Tell me what that's all about. So I told him, he goes, you know, the Lord really laid that on my heart when we were there. Christmas Day, he sent a gift online for $8,000. One family, $8,000. That thought, wow. Wow. God, God rewards faithfulness. And he gives to us a peace. As I travel, I meet great people, but I'm also meeting people that are very, very turmoiled. And there's an absence of peace in people's lives. Can you see that today? Do you watch the news and see that? Do you listen about our little city and and hear that? There is an absence of peace in people's lives today. People are scared to death to go to a mall. People are scared to death to send their kids to school. People are scared to death to be in the wrong neighborhood because something might happen. I want to tell you today, I've got a great peace a great peace that comes because of knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior. Is, is, is my life perfect? No. Is it without turmoil? No. But there is a peace. If I die today, it's okay. If I get hurt today, it's okay. Because of this, Psalm 119, 165 Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Woo, what a verse great peace I got a great peace you got a, are you saved today have you got a great peace Say Amen. You got a great peace when the bills are tough when the kids are off when when the work is hard when when life just seems to stink great peace have they which love that law and nothing nothing shall offend them the preacher won't offend them their friends won't offend them their, their work won't offend them Because they have a peace in the Lord. Also we see in John 14, 27, My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I've given you a peace. In Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then we see the Lord's, of the Lord's reward program. The Lord's rewards are according to the cleanness of of our hands. My mom had this reward program, too, when I was a kid growing up. My mom always said this, wash your hands before you eat. Wash your hands. I'd come to the table. I'd say, Mom, I'm starving. She'd say, did you wash your hands? She must have said that a thousand times in my life. Did you wash your hands? Anybody else's mom make you do that? Wash your hands. And she had to hear the water, and she had to smell the soap on your hands when you were done. Because we all go in there and turn the water on and stand there and think, I'm tricking her. And we turn the water off and we come out, I wash my hands. She goes, let me see the soap. (laughs) She had the same program. If you didn't wash your hands at our house, you did not eat. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say I washed my hands. (laughs) Because I wanted to eat. God says through David, keep your hands clean. Keep your hands clean. David's declaration was, so far as my fellow men are concerned, I have done them no wrong. How do you treat other people? How do you treat other people? How do you treat people in this church? Can I tell you that you ought to love every person in this church. You may not always like them, but you ought to love them. I will tell you this. I don't care who you are in this auditorium today. If you call me, if you're part of the Bible Baptist Church, you call me to say, Pastor, I'm in trouble. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm in trouble. I need help. I'll be there. Brother Jonas will be there. Brother Hahn will be there. Brother Levi will be there. Brother Wiggins will be there. Brother Cross will be there. Brother Ed will be there. Why? Because of the love of the saints. Because God says, help those who are in need. Keep your hands clean. And sometimes we get our hands dirty, don't we? We get it dirty in sin. We get it dirty doing the wrong things. We get our eyes dirty sometimes. We get our ears dirty sometimes. We get our tongues dirty sometimes. By messing with the things of this world. I'm right with God, and I'm right with man, David said. And in verses 22 and 23, he gives the qualifications for this position. He said, I did not put away his statutes. I didn't put away his word. I didn't get saved and read the Bible for a year and say, well, that's enough. I, I didn't get older in my Christian life and think, well, you know, I pretty much understand it, so I'm going to set it aside. No, he says, I'm not going to leave the word of God. I'm going to be in the word of God. I'm going to live the word of God. Could I tell you today, listen to me listen to me. I've said this all over Canada and the United States. This is what I believe we need today. I believe that if we're going to succeed in Christianity, that Christians need to live like Christians that are Christians indeed. It's time to quit playing Christianity. It's time to quit carrying the name but not living it. When's the last time you showed somebody Jesus Christ in your life? When's the last time you, you, you showed that? There was a young man uh, a few months ago, a police officer went home and she thought she was in her apartment and she went into, a, into the apartment and she saw a man standing there and she drew her gun and she shot him and he died. It was a white police officer and a black man. And, and of course, America went crazy over it and they, they want to crucify that woman. How could she have done that? And I don't know all the circumstances, but I know this, she went to trial and in the trial, she got a sentence, and she was found guilty, and she's going to go to prison for a long time. And so they gave the family a, an impact statement where they could get up and say something. And a young man get up. How many of you saw that? How many of you saw that young black man? If you haven't seen it, go online and find it. It is one of the most moving things I've seen in a long time. This young man was a Christian young man, and he got up and he said, "I want to tell you something." He said, "I'm not here today to con- condemn you, man. I think you need the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I think you, know that you, need, to, you need to know the love of God. You, you need to have Him in your life. You need to have." Have the word of God and that woman got up and, and he said could I could I hug that girl and the judge stopped for a moment she said yes I'll allow it which is very very uncommon and so the young woman got up and he went and they met in the middle of that courtroom and he embraced her and she began sobbing and she said thank you and he said I want you to know Jesus I want you to know Jesus that's Christianity that's living Christianity His brother was shot dead by this woman. He said, I don't want you to be condemned. I don't want you to have to go to prison. I want you to be forgiven, and you will be forgiven by God if you'll know Jesus Christ. And then here's something even greater. The judge was a Christian. And in a a testimony later in an interview, she said that young woman came to her and said, do you think that that anything good can come of me? And the judge said she went back in her her office, back in her uh, study there, and she brought out her Bible. And she gave it to her. That's Christianity. That's living Christianity. And I've got to tell you that I'm not seeing a lot of that in Christianity today. I'm not seeing Christians going forth in the Christian light. Let's start saying, let's start doing, let's start being that Christian. Let's let other people know, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Too many Christians today want to be just like this world. They want to participate like this world. They want to blend into this world. No, we're to be separate from the world, says the Bible. We're to be peculiar. That's Christianity. And we can do that without being a freak. He says, I was also upright before him. The word rendered upright in that passage that we just read is the same as in Job chapter 1, verse 1, which is rendered perfect. I was perfect before him. How can David say that? He He had an affair with Bathsheba. He had her husband killed to try and cover it up. He had an illegitimate child. Yet he can say, I was upright, I was perfect in the sight of God. How can he say that? He was not perfect in his sin. He was perfect in his relationship with God. Because David, this is what makes David a great man. David owned his own sin. He didn't try to put it on someone else. And that's what a lot of us do. Let's just blame someone else. It's someone else's fault. No, it's my fault. I did it, and I own it, and I'm going to make it right. And for the rest of his life, he tried to do that. He said this, I kept myself from mine iniquity. (laughs) Folks, listen, listen now, listen to me. If you don't get anything else today, please get this. Please get this. He said, I kept myself from mine iniquity. What's your iniquity today? What's your sin that you struggle with? What's your sin that you struggle with? Gossip, lying, drinking, smoking, drugs, gossip, anger. Whatever your sin is today that you struggle with. David said, I kept myself from mine iniquity. I saw it was wrong and I ran from it. I saw it was wrong and I hauled it in. I saw it was wrong and I did something about it. The preacher didn't have to call me. The church didn't have to get after me. My parents didn't have to get after me. I saw my sin and I owned it. Contrary to popular belief, the devil does not make you do it. He simply offers the opportunity. He has no control or bearing over you unless you do not know Christ as your Savior. If you're not saved today, the devil has free reign in your life. But once you get saved, no more can he put his greasy, grimy hands all over you. He has to leave you alone. But he can say this, here it is. Don't you want to try it? Remember how good it used to be. Remember how much fun we had? And we choose. David said, I said, no, I'm not doing that, devil. I'm not going anymore. I'm going to take control of my own life. I'm going to to keep myself from mine iniquity. Can I reaffirm that the devil does not make you do it? It's by choice that we sin. It's by choice that we turn away from God's word, will, and way. The concentrated effort of the saint to live godly in Christ Jesus brings great reward. It's waking up every day and determining, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, live for Jesus Christ. I, your friends, your spouse, no other one can, can help for you or do for you what needs to be done in the daily cleansing of your life. The daily cleansing of your hands that we put to his work by the study and keeping of his word. The reward of doing The work of the Lord with cleanness. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of the Father and reward us according to his works, our works. He's going to reward you for that. What did you do for the Lord this week? saw Brother Randy, I think he's next door. Brother Randy drove the bus today. It's the work of the Lord. We had some ladies that that, that worked with the kids down in the choir. God's going to reward you for that. We had some people that passed out some bulletins today. god's going to reward you for that. Some guys that take an offering plate and passed it, God's going to reward you for that. And some ladies that played the piano, loved to have my wife play the piano today. That was awesome to see her back there. she's going to be rewarded for that. And for coming and maybe wrapping your arms around a young Christian day, Jeff's here today, one of our newest members, and going to just say, "Jeff, I love you man I'm praying for you. I want to encourage you. How can I help you? I want to disciple you. God rewards for that." By going to your neighbor who's sick and saying, hey, we brought you some soup to help you make feel better. God rewards for that. And we don't necessarily see it now. That's the problem. We want instant reward. We want it now. Just like Tim Hortons. you got to wait till the seventh one. Keep coming. Keep being faithful. Keep coming back. But you're going to get your reward. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ one day is coming back with his angels. And he is going to reward us. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 24, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. My dad called me the other day and he said, I got some bad news for you. I said, Oh, no, what is it? He said, You might be upset with me. I thought, Oh, boy, what'd you do? He said, I bought a brand new 2020 Ford Ranger truck. So I went online to see what one of those costs and I began to weep. He said, I spent a good deal of your inheritance. (laughs) I called my sister. I said, Hey, guess what? I just got a new truck. (laughs) <laughs> my, my grandparents all lived in their 90s. My dad's uh, 70, 78. So if he lives a lifetime, I'll never see the truck. But he was up for Christmas, and I went out with a permanent marker, and I wrote in the door jam, this is Al's truck. We have an inheritance coming. And you can count on it. It's hard to wait on an inheritance. You start thinking, man, my folks are getting older, and they're going to pass away, and they've got some things, and, and that's going to become mine. And we don't like to think about that. We don't dwell on that. But, but you do think about it. There's an inheritance coming. There's a reward program coming. It's going to come when Jesus Christ comes with his angels. What's that? That's the rapture. We're going to leave this world, and we're going to be caught up into the heavens, into the heaven of the heavens. And there we're going to dwell with Jesus Christ, and he's going to begin to dole out the rewards of, of the works that we have done for him. What an awesome thought. If I can just keep going, if I, if I can just keep doing the right things, the rewards that I'm going to receive... By our own righteousness and cleanliness of hands, God rewards us with the salvation of the soul. You're saved. You have the hope of eternal life. He, he rewards us with the hope of that eternal life. You ever get tired? You ever get discouraged? Do You ever think, man, is, there, is this all there is to life? There's the hope of eternal life. Man, this life's hard. We've had some sickness. I I, I think of Shirley Sims that just passed away. She's had some sickness. I think of of Mrs. Drain who's had so much sickness. I think of Eva Shasma who's had so much sickness. And yet you go to those folks and you say, oh, we're praying for her. Oh, the Lord is good. God is so good to us. He's been so awesome to us. I think, how in the world do you say that? I'll tell you how. In their own righteousness and by the cleanliness of their hands, they have seen the reward of the Lord. You know what else? The peace of God that passes all understanding is part of our inheritance. The inheritance of the Heavenly Father bestowed upon His sons, a heavenly home prepared by the very hands of Jesus Christ, the eternal blessing of being in the presence of Jesus. Folks, if nothing else, we are going to be eternally with Jesus Christ. Does that excite you? That excites me. Can you imagine that first time that we see Him and fall down at His feet and and worship Him there? And He stands us up and looks into our eyes. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Oh, man. No dying. No death. No sickness. No more pain. Just Jesus. In heaven. In a home that He's prepared for us for over 2,000 years. In the presence of the Heavenly Father. What a reward program. And you're part of that today if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're not saved today, you haven't signed up for the reward program. You don't have the card. You can come, but you're not getting any credit for it. Today, if you're not saved, I would beg you, be saved. Be saved. It's the greatest life. If you are saved today, I'd say say this keep serving christ keep serving christ in all you say in all you do keep serving christ for there is a reward and you may want to collect it today but i promise you this if you'll wait till that day it'll be far greater the reward program of the lord